I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, I'm Megha Pardi. Today's episode of All Things Policy, we are discussing recently held Quad Summit. On May 24, the fourth Quad Leaders Summit and the second in-person meeting were held in Tokyo. The joint declaration issued after the meeting by leaders of Australia, India, Japan and the US fought to renew uh, and I quote here, steadfast commitment to a free and open Indo-Pacific that is inclusive and resilient. End quote. So building upon this in-person uh, summit in September 2021 and uh, virtual meeting of Quad Leaders in March 2022, the leaders of four countries had asserted that Quad is a force for good and they're committed to bringing tangible benefits to the Indo-Pacific. While in the statement, China was not mentioned by name. Much of the Quad agenda, as we all know, is reflected the fact that it was designed to meet challenges emanating from China's increased assertiveness in Indo-Pacific. And uh, this has been group's emphasis since the regrouping in 2001. To discuss this outcomes of Quad Summit and some more, today we have is us Shrey Kanna. Shrey is my colleague at Takshashila. He's a staff research journalist at the Takshila Institution. Uh, welcome Shrey. Thank you, Megha. Yeah, so Shrey, can you walk us through outcome of uh, this summit and some key highlights of this summit? Yeah, so I think in this summit, the focus uh, was on common good, providing common good to the Indo-Pacific. There has been a, you know, lately a lot of focus on a vaccine diplomacy due to COVID pandemic. So this time they talked about the health security, strengthening the health security infrastructure. Then there was talk about how there are unsustainable infrastructure projects. So to fund sustainable infrastructure project in the Indo-Pacific, then there is partnership in maritime domain awareness. There's another common good called is like ostensibly to stop illegal fishing. Then there's talk of bolstering capabilities to respond to humanitarian and natural disasters. And then other than that, there is continuing focus on maritime security, a focus on critical and emerging technology, cybersecurity. So, you know, when... When in the joint summit, we find that the leaders say that Quad is force for good. So I think this is the kind of good that they are pointing towards, that the the commons we can serve together. The second thing is uh, the reaffirmation of ASEAN centrality. The statement, the joint statement, it notes the unwavering support for and, and practical implementation of the AOIP outlook on the Indo-Pacific. And in this context, there is an off, obvious point to make vis-a-vis Quad that it is there for, you know, for uh, regional stability in the Indo-Pacific, how the security dialogue started. And, uh, you know, China is not mentioned, as you pointed out, even though it is one of the biggest actors in the Indo-Pacific. And in this context, you know, ASEAN is mentioned, which uh, which which points towards that the, the shape quad the shape the regional architecture is taking in which not only quad but other countries in the region 
they they are being prioritized or continue to be uh, prioritized and it get enforced it gets enforced that uh, without taking the countries in southeast asia together quad cannot achieve its goal of a free open and prosperous indo pacific so that is there these are i think some of the main highlights of uh, what do you think yeah so shri actually it's good that you mentioned asean centrality so see this is a you know quad leaders meeting but there have been few references to other countries like denuclearization of korea korean peninsula and myanmar and emphasis on how asean views or importance of asean has been also highlighted in quad statement a lot so why do you think quad leaders felt need to emphasize on asean in their statement is there a particular reason or just because asean is an important actor as you mentioned in the pacific yeah i i think uh, the biggest reason is that asean uh, even if it not if it is not an important actor it is seen as important actor by regional countries in southeast asia in fact you know the quad countries combined can sideline asean and talk about china and you know issues related to china but but the central issue is that these countries are in south china sea and some of the problems with instability in, in the indo pacific is there in south china sea so without taking these countries on board which have you know placed such an uh, such a huge emphasis on asean taking them together through asean it it's it's very uh, it's quite required you know to achieve that goal of free open and prosperous indo pacific other practical thing is that without without the you know support from asean and much of these countries they are not ready to talk about china's increase assertiveness like quad would do so to take asean along in that in that indo pacific program but by also you know expanding that the nature of the indo pacific program that quad is dealing with so giving them place into that indo pacific program without you know bringing up that the uh, sticking points regarding maritime security in which these uh, southeast asian countries will feel disinclined to talk about so asean centrality i think it's it is it has been continuing in in you know quad statement but to take them together with the quad it's important if we have to have you know a meaningful impact on the indo pacific to balance of power interesting yeah so moving on to uh, quad fellowship which has generated a lot of uh, lot of buzz among the people and especially youngsters in all of the countries so this quad fellowship is supposed to sponsor hundred students from uh, countries and uh, for a graduate program in stem fields in united states and it's supposed to be uh, administered by schmidt futures foundation so what i wanted to know was from india and even from i guess other uh, countries uh, in quad students already prefer going to us a lot so did we really need another fellowship to sponsor students for studying in united states or we needed something which would have increased people to people relations among other members of quad like for example india and australia or india and japan or you know something like that so i just i just want to know your views on this i think how i see it is like it's not a matter of need but about incentivizing people to uh, you know do such sort of collaboration which will 
especially in STEM field, which will, you know, impact the, the technology economy and it will, you know, bolster that, that sort of cooperation between those countries. So, uh, and then people to people contact, increasing them, uh, that is another thing. And frankly, I, I think more fellowships, they don't hurt. It's good for uh, students to have more of them. How do you see that? Yeah, I mean, point is to encourage students to pursue STEM free, not to please just people to be privileged. Yeah, that does make sense a lot. So, yeah, my next is, uh, so there is also this Indo-Pacific Maritime Domain Awareness uh, you know, initiative. So, of course, Quad was not supposed to be, and it's not supposed to be a military alliance or not, not it's supposed to be just, you know, a partnership on other things except military. But uh, there have been some charter that this Indo-Pacific Partnership for Maritime Domain Awareness could be a step towards, you know, military kind of relationship or military type of an alliance, even though it's right. not on horizon right now, but this could be a step towards it. What do you think about that? I think it's it's quite true that it is going to, you know, shape in the uh, direction. Because what we are talking about, even though we are talking about, you know, countering illegal fishing, and and when we talk about illegal fishing, you know, China comes to mind from uh, Gwadar protests against China due to illegal fishing to all across the Indo-Pacific in South China Sea as well. So even though that direct linkage is there, but even uh, more fundamentally, the use of satellite imagery and active intelligence sharing among the member countries and, and you know to 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 have that sort of maritime uh, domain awareness it will have security implications when countries will be sharing such sort of intelligence and i think it's very important for quad to have such capabilities because of you know china's growing footprint so i think it's a step in the right direction and how it goes about is that you know again linking it with the common good thing that it's going to you know do good for every Indo-Pacific country without, you know, uh, talking about the maritime uh, security element of it. So I think it's uh, very, you know, indirectly they are, they are moving in that direction. Interesting. So looks like this meeting was quite fruitful for India and Quad in general because there's, uh, apart from the things we discussed, the range of other initiatives launched, like on climate front, there was Quad Climate Change Adoption and Mitigation Package. There was also some important discussion on Quad Cybersecurity Partnership, launch of a discussion on first ever Quad Cybersecurity Day. There's also some important discussion on, you know, aligning emphasis on uh, common international uh, cooperation in uh, international standardization organizations, which is, again, I think has to, has some uh, linkage to China's efforts towards uh, international standardization. Uh, there's also talk on quantum technologies, uh, and interestingly, Quad Data Satellite Data Portal was also launched. Yeah, so in all, in, it, it seems like a very, uh, you know, fruitful uh, leaders meeting and uh, of course apart from that there were several agreements were also signed between India and other countries for example India and government of United States signed an investment incentive agreement which is kind of a legal requirement for the development finance corporations to continue investment support in India 
of uh, in critical areas like uh, healthcare and COVID-19. So yeah, this was a very truthful meeting indeed. So on this note, we'll take a short break and uh, we'll continue after this. Welcome back to All Things Policy. I'm Megha Bardi. I'm a research analyst at the Takshila Institution. Today, I am here with my colleague Shrey Khanna and we are talking about the recent Quad Summit and the future of Indo-Pacific. So before the break, we talked about the outcomes of the summit and some of the key initiatives which were discussed in the summit and announced during Quad, uh, announced in Quad Statement. So... Apart from uh, these initiatives in Indo-Pacific, there are several developments which were also discussed during this leader summit. For example, Russia-Ukraine conflict was also on the agenda. And in fact, if I remember, one of the statements of leaders also said, said that, not the official statement, but statement given to, I think, press also said that uh, the uh, countries peaceful resolution and kind of including India. Mentioning that including India was yeah, quite... I think it, it's part of a joint, joint statement as well. Yeah. Joint statement, yeah, but including... Right. India has been hesitant so far to, you know, kind of directly condemn Russia. So that was a little surprising. Yeah, so I, what I wanted to ask was, how did this developments reflect on Quad Summit? I think firstly, the Quad Summit, it is happening at the time when war is going on in Europe, the Russia-Ukraine conflict. So, and you know, Russia is like a traditional rival of the US. And with this Russia-Ukraine conflict, there, there have been talks that, you know, US will not be in a position to actively balance against China in the Indo-Pacific or it would not be in a position to focus on the Indo-Pacific. But, you know, even even though the war is going on, almost three months but you know even after that in this while it has continued to support ukraine the focus on the indo-pacific it remains the u.s indo-pacific strategy it came out in this period and now there was the virtual summit in march and now this in-person summit of the leaders of the four countries it's it's happening so the focus on the indo-pacific that the priority is the Indo-Pacific. I think it is quite evident, you know, Australian elections were just concluded and within 24 hours, the Australian Prime Minister, he attends, uh, the new Australian Prime Minister, he attends uh, the Quad Summit. So the importance of the Quad, it gets highlighted and importance of the Indo-Pacific and the geostrategic imagination of these leaders, it, it is also highlighted. Yeah, so that is that thing. And, you know, when the summit was going on, Japan said that Russia and China, they undertook that military military exercise. So I think yesterday, Japan also put out the photos of uh, Russian and Chinese bombers there. So that sort of thing has also happened. And I think for, for India, it can become a sticking point because India likes to see China as a separate actor from Russia, but the growing alignment, the reality, the reality of the, you know, growing Russia-China alignment and how it potentially poses problem for India in a conflict with China on LSE, that part, India would, you know, India would have to acknowledge and plan accordingly. Other thing is for India is that as this, as the global impact of war has shown that the, the idea that a European war would have no consequences for the Indo-Pacific, I don't think it holds true now. 
because of the such uh, global disruption in energy prices, commodity prices, supply chains. So that sort of thing is also India would have to, you know, take in mind that how to approach this growing alignment between Russia and uh, China. And I think in, you know, in a related con context about uh, Taiwan, there was that Taiwan controversy after President Biden's statement, whether U.S. policy towards Taiwan has changed. So, and because you are focusing on Indo-Pacific and Taiwan is such a big sticking point that, uh, you know, the mention of Taiwan will uh, come up eventually. I think India would feel increasing pressure to eventually you know, formulate how it is going to behave in an event of crisis. Because as the Quad's footprint in the Indo-Pacific increases, India would have to eventually take a position on Taiwan. In more words, because if you see a Ukraine war, if you see India's response in the Russia-Ukraine war, it, it kind of muddled through not planning what to do if war breaks out in Europe. Fortunately, right now, India's position in an increasingly multipolar world order makes it kind of indispensable. But, you know, in such uh, an event of crisis, there may be an opportunity or uh, or problem which will come with it, with this increased power. And which may, you know, if, if not, this is the thing which India needs to plan for. But Mega, you I, uh, and Manoj published a research document on Taiwan early this year. So how do you see India's choices in, you know, in this Taiwan controversy? Yes, so India, I mean, of course, officially India does uh, adhere to one China policy. Uh, and India is reluctant to name China directly in, uh, even in Quad statements, because, you know, among Quad countries, India is the only one with borders, border dispute and very active and volatile border dispute with China. So, of course, our steps are going to be very measured. But you see, if what we can see is that India is uh, trying to increase their cooperation with Taiwan and you know, even people-to-people -people exchanges, so our engagement overall with Taiwan has increased a lot over the last few years. And of course, that is because we're trying to kind of, you know, I, I would say counter China, but yeah, China is a factor in in this relationship. But apart from that, I mean, if you, if you also set aside Taiwan for a moment, I think that uh, how China viewed Quad is also important because initially they just thought this was fad and uh, now they have started to take Quad very seriously. I mean, uh, Joe Biden during the summit also said that this is not just a passing fad, but, you know, it means business. And, uh, you know, from initially, so China has kind of, you know, come to full circle and realize that India will be part of Quad and Quad is a real, very real and serious thing. So, you know, you can see that the reaction reflects they are worried about Quad and India's position there. I mean, Wang, he kind of, he announced his visit to South Pacific nations because and China's activity in Solomon Island recently that, you know, that intergovernment pact, which they did with Solomon Island. So all these kind of are indications that China is worried about activities of quad countries in Taiwan, in the Pacific and in, in general. So, yeah, but yeah, there is this one thing uh, which you mentioned and it reminded me, which we had, uh, Manoj and I had, you know, outlined in our document that initially we had proposed that due to Ukraine war, 
focus of United States and Western countries in general might shift from Indo-Pacific to Europe. But the summit kind of, you know, was, it felt like US and other countries are trying to reassure countries in the Pacific that that's not going to be the case. Indo-Pacific will be a priority, even if there are other conflicts going on. And I think Joe Biden's statement on Taiwan also reflected that. Right. I think one thing that is a point of concern is that the resources that US is going to, you know, invest in the Russia-Ukraine conflict, if they could have been, you know, diverted to the Indo-Pacific, that would have been better. But other than that, I think US's focus on the Indo-Pacific is likely to remain in the foreseeable future as well. That's a good point. But I think what's going on in Ukraine is a full-fledged war. And in Indo-Pacific, fortunately, we don't have that. So... I don't think resources are a matter of concern. It was just, I think, matter of effort and, you know, prioritizing uh, a region. Yeah, that that's it. But so even after that, uh, as I said, Quad continues to be an area of importance, not just for US, but also for other countries. So, of course, there are bound to be some developments in future. So, for example, I think there's talk about uh, Quad Plus arrangements. And interestingly, Quad leader's statement mentioned denuclearization of Korean Khas, you know, Korean Peninsula and Myanmar also. So do you think this was to, you know, this was to design to, I don't know, attract attention of ASEAN countries plus even South Korea or this was something hinting towards expansion of Quad? What do you think? Or do, what do you think are the further developments that we should watch out for? I think the mention of, uh, you know, Myanmar or uh, uh, North Korean issue in Quad Quad statement or the discussion about that, it shows that, uh, you know, Quad is becoming a sort of a place, a forum between these countries where they, they are going to talk about the security, the prominent security issues in the Indo-Pacific. It is, it is good because to, 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 to generate a, a better response from the Indo-Pacific countries, it will be important to you know, talk about the issues which matter to them. So that is important. But the the, the talk about Quad Plus, I think what we are seeing is that uh, it's not a direct expansion of, you know, Quad per se, but using Quads, you know, uh, the fora of Quad to to bring more countries in. So for example, Indo-Pacific Economic Framework, if you see there is Quad and then there is eight other countries in the region South Korea, Malaysia, New Zealand, or Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, and Vietnam. So Brunei, Indonesia. So these countries are there. And uh, the framework is, you know, structured around four pillars, which again, you can think of it as a common good, but it talks about trade. Now, China is the largest trading partner for many of these countries. Supply chain, how to make them more resilient and integrated. It, uh, you know, indirectly, it is still connected to the concern with China. Then infrastructure, it talks about deepening cooperation on technologies, on mobilizing finances, providing concessional uh, finance. So the funding sustainable and durable infrastructure. Then this point again, you know, is uh, related to uh, the BRI investment investments uh, and the concerns related to that, the high uh, rate of interest, which China has offered for some of the projects under BRI. And then the anti-corruption thing, uh, you know, matters to support capacity building and to advance accountable and uh, transparent system in the Indo-Pacific countries. 
So the IPEF, when it is bringing these countries together, uh, it, talk, it is, you know, bringing these countries together and uh, they are going to work together on and to, uh, you know, provide economic part of that the architecture, that political architecture that the Quad countries are trying to build. So that is then, then there's the agreement on MDA that is there that is doing the same thing on maritime domain awareness. So what we are seeing is that it's not expansion of Quad. Maybe South Korea will come in. South Korea has uh, definitely shown, you know, inclination to be part. But broadly, if you see the Indo-Pacific, I think Quad Plus framework is distanced. Distant, however, you know, there's the unveiling of the expanded Indo-Pacific program, which will be spearheaded by Quad countries. I think it suggests that regional political architecture is being shaped in the Indo-Pacific. Interesting. So, I mean, there is a possibility. Uh, so I think uh, in one of the earlier episodes we did with Brendan, he also mentioned that uh, a formal kind of structure is not on horizon. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, not on horizon as of now for future of Indo in a in Indo-Pacific, but there will definitely be some more engagement. Yeah, so thank you so much here for joining me today. This was a very interesting discussion. And I'm glad that we took this topic up. Thank you, Mega, for having me. Uh, it was a, a nice discussion on Quad and the Indo Pacific. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at Takshashila INST or our website takshashila.org.in.